All right, we are here at the Kew Gardens Festival of Cinema Director's Interview Series. I'm John Fallon of the Indie Film NYC podcast, and I'm talking with a filmmaker today. Would you uh, introduce yourself? Yes, I'm uh, Pierre Saint-Jacques. I'm the director for 36 Steps on a Curved Road, uh, which is playing Tuesday at 1. Very nice, very nice. Uh, and this is a feature film? It's a feature film, yes. It's uh, 84 minutes, black and white. It's a true film, yes. <laughs> and so tell me a little bit about uh, how this film came together. Um, well, it's very strange. My process is a very kind of all-over-the-place process. I basically keep this box of ideas. And every time I have an idea, I write it on a cue card and it goes into the box. And every now and then I make a film and then when it comes to time to make the new one, I go to the box and I see what all the ideas are in there and what goes together, what no does not go together, what strikes an idea. Sometimes I'll look at stuff and say, what was I thinking? This is not a good idea. <laughs> uh, but these things do come together and there are themes that develop and then that kind of came from it. So basically in this film, it's a, a couple seen over a period of 40 years and how they influence each other, how they change each other, and that type of thing. And so when you have your kind of box of ideas, yes. you obviously, these are just raw ideas. You don't have a script yet. Not at all. And, no. uh, and do you write all the scripts yourself, or do you have a partner? I, I, I've written this, this one by myself, yeah. Okay. And so what's your process then? Are you pulling different cards together? Uh, yeah, there's uh, a lot of cards and a lot of tape involved, <laughs> and basically making piles. You know, these relate to each other, these don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, these are about this theme, these are about that theme, um, this is about this feeling in life. And so then kind of characters emerge from there, and I, I can see these interactions happening, and then I kind of let go of those cards, and it has to gel on its own. And, mm -hmm. and then it's really a process of going back and forth and just kind of giving them their voice, giving them their, their intention, their you know, reason for doing what they do. Uh, and then after that's been kind of set up, it's really then the actual writing. Uh, I, I like to have a, a sense of the, the, the global story before I actually start to write the, the, the actual dialogue, the actual words, sure. as opposed to, okay, this is page one and let's just see how it goes. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, and I so when at the end of your process, you have a traditional script, though. You, yeah. you, you would have something that people would rec yeah, recognize. Yeah, Courier 12 points. Sure, okay. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. I've worked on different you know things with folks. I, I do a lot of editing. Uh, that's kind of yeah. how I make most of my living. Yeah. And so you know I've gotten scripts that were really just ideas. Yeah. And, and, you know, I looked at it. I remember this one script in particular called Tangerine. And uh, I looked at it and I thought, no way could this be a movie. Yeah. With this pile of footage and these ideas on a page. And it ended up being pretty cool. Yeah. So sometimes I, I've heard um, The Tree of Life also um, mm. was like that. It was just a bunch of pictures kind of right. pasted to. And so here it is. Here's my feature. <laughs> well, there's this story going around now that Dunkirk. Yeah. Uh, Nolan didn't even want to have a script at all. He just wanted to shoot stuff. I don't know yeah. how that would work, but uh, yeah, maybe actually, it was <laughs> interesting to see that film because it's uh, it's a very non-traditional in that respect, in that right. you're you're kind of at first expecting this back and forth of dialogue. You mm -hmm. know, the characters have this thing going on, but you don't get that, yeah. and then you realize, oh, let's just meld into the experience and see how it goes, and it's you know, it really goes right. well. 
But well, um, yeah, I mean, but this your your film kind of has an un, a non traditional storytelling method as well. I mean, I yeah. felt like you are floating in and out of different points of your main character's lives. Yeah. So this yeah, thing it takes it place over a long period of time, but yeah, it's really a non traditional timeline. Um, th- it's funny because before this film, I had made a, a previous project that was just a fifteen minute uh, piece. But it was a um, it was a six screen um, video installation, I guess you would say. And so sure. on certain screens, there'd be the action. On other screens, it'd be what the people are thinking. And mm. on other screens, you know, what's going on in the next room, that that type of thing. Right. And I think that type of format, that type of um, structure for a film, uh, was interesting to work with. But after working on that, I wanted to go back to something more traditional. Um, but yet the 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 um, the narrative still had this you know kind of global where we can go anywhere in time we want at any point. Right. We can jump around, and I wanted to tie it together more with the the emotion as opposed to like a clock on a wall. Like we're gonna follow them in their twenties, then in their forties, right. and in their sixties. It's really more, you know here's the character having these doubts at 60 and then the next scene it's the same doubts at 20 and right. it's more the the thread is more emotional in that sense sure and it also enabled me to do something that i really grew to like which was throughout the whole story you have the the characters influencing each other and kind of you know nudging each other to do stuff um but also what happens with this type of broken narrative is that you can have these dialogues within the same character mm-hmm. and so the the character in their 60s can be dissatisfied with their you know own self in their 20s right. and have this back and forth narrative with you know why are you taking these decisions type of thing sure. and yet at the same time knowing that it's that character that brought them to this place in their life so even though they're not too pleased with certain decisions they're pleased where they're ended up where they ended up so it's uh it has this tension with within oneself as well and so what kind of things are you hoping that people are going to get from this movie in in this kind of setting oh um well i think the thing that i would like people to see out of this film really is is a certain sweetness, really. It's mm-hmm. uh, a certain um, softness, a certain poetry in just um, little gestures that you can actually be with someone and just have a cup of coffee or you can be with someone and just kind of have breakfast with them in the morning and just you know pour their bowl of cereal. And there's great depth to those tiny little gestures. There's great poetry there and that we just need to kind of slow down and uh, see those moments and those moments then get repeated and there's kind of this kind of not a trance but a kind of rhythm to life that if you can see it throughout this whole spectrum then it's it's beautiful Um, but it's obviously very easy to lose track of these little gestures and I think that is kind of the point where we want to just kind of refocus on, sure. on, the, on those things. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that struck me about the film was how, you know, the, the, the character doesn't change, per se, but, but they, they have a wisdom that from the years. You know, like you said, like they, the things they believe maybe in their 20s, they still believe them or they still know they believe them. Yeah. But, but they're... 
I do think it's it, yeah. I think it's in a way that you you might know the same thing, but suddenly, well, maybe not so suddenly because right. sometimes it takes quite a while. Uh, you know how to apply it, mm -hmm. and I think that's um, that's kind of a nice thing to know. Yeah. Um, but also, like the the young woman, she's you know full of life. She's a go getter. She's totally motivated with her career. Um, and I think at a certain point in her 30s and 40s, she's still very much in love with those things, but she realizes, you know, there's other stuff too. Sure. And so at a certain point, they kind of, in their 60s, arrive at a point where, not that they're the same by any means, but they realize the, the big picture for both of them includes all, all these other things as well. Well, I think, you know, making this film at a time where, like, the immediacy specifically of social media but mm -hmm. just you know there's a lot of talk of the millennials yeah uh, you know and whether you believe that or not is immaterial but you know just being young and, and uh you know ready to dive in yeah uh so it just seems more uh present than ever yeah in this generation yeah and so you know it, it's it's nice to see how you could take a step back yeah, know. I think it's also interesting because it's a it's a very slow film, mm -hmm. which in a way I don't know if today's audience is used to that type of rhythm. I'm sure you right. know some people will be fine with it, but I think, um, like for example, with my family, we've been doing this cinema experiment this week. Actually, we watched. Um, the Magnificent Seven, the 2016 version, mm -hmm. and we watched then the day after the 1960 version, okay. and then later we watched the Seven Samurai, okay. and just to see, you know, it's the same story, right? But you know, there are different rhythms. the The 2016 is so much heightened in in, in terms of its drama and its emotion. Right. And yet you're like, well, I kind of like the 1960s version, and so why is that? So just kind of looking at these different rhythms and, and yeah. how you can get immersed in a story and a narrative. And so with this story, it was purposefully slowed down, and so yeah, you can really you know, kind of get into the, the meat of it in that sense. And I also made it in black and white um, for a very similar reason, because it's, it seems to me much more about memory about uh, like a form of document mm -hmm. as opposed to oh this is just real life happening on a screen so I wanted to right. kind of have that that little bit of a distance there sure yeah yeah no absolutely well I think you know one thing that you know we're proud of about this festival is to have these screenings in, in the Kew Gardens cinemas and so you know it's, it's just a nice space mm -hmm. to see films in general but one thing it does is it helps shut out the outside world yeah and it helps us focus on the film and so I, I think films like yours which might not be appreciated as much if I'm watching it on my laptop yeah because I've got my laptop going my phone might be ringing yeah. uh, you know TV's on in the other room even though I'm watching yeah. on my laptop you yeah know, whatever the, there's the distractions of life yeah. and so uh, you know being able to focus on the moments yeah I think is going to be a really powerful thing for the audience of your no, film that, that's great also in the in the film in the part where they're in their late 30s um, I don't know if you've noticed when you watched it but the one of the characters is literally almost in every scene on their phone or there's a little there's a little ding 
which is, you know, the phone's not in their hand, but it's ringing, right. you know, like in the distance or in a different room. <laughs> and Or you hear like a doorbell or there's always some No, I, I did miss that. There's, because a, there's always a little sound of little stirring somewhere uh. that just wants to take you away right, right. from, you know, what's going on, basically. Yeah, because I watch it on my laptop. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to screen yeah. all these movies. Yeah, for, you, you must know, watch... Dozens well, we've got six filmmakers a day for six days. So, yeah. you know, uh, in preparation just for this, I was yeah. I watched 36 and then yeah. obviously more for uh, yeah. the festival. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot to pack in. Sure. Um, but they're all, you know, a lot of really great stuff that uh, we're, yeah. we're happy to bring to, to cool. these audiences. Um, so... Uh, you said you work on some other short films and things. Uh, yeah. Why or when did you make the transition or the decision, I should say, to do a feature? And why was now the right time for a oh, feature? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's been a very long process. Um, I went to school for painting. And obviously I did painting. Um, but while I was a student, my ideas were always about perception and movement and that type of thing. And the, the painting was going in a way where it was becoming almost like this weird cubism because of this kind of durational aspect of it. And I was just like, no, no, this, this is not a good thing. So this, this just led to, to video, uh, where the duration was kind of intrinsic to the media. Mm -hmm. um, but the first pieces were very graphic, almost you know, like a painter making a, sure. uh, a moving thing. Um, and slowly there was more and more involvement with the characters, with the psychology of them, with the dialogue. At first I was like, I can't make these people speak. That's not, you know, <laughs> that's not a real art video. <laughs> then you realize you can do whatever you want. Sure. And you can, you know, do the things that truly interest you where you want to dig deeper in the things that you want to do. Um, so little by little, that, that aspect of psychology, of dialogue, of people, uh, became quite you know important mm -hmm. and I think to to tell this particular story I just needed the time mm. uh, so it's really the it's really the idea that then gave me the format uh, as opposed to you know me trying to say oh I'm gonna make a feature okay what is it gonna be about um, so it's kind of reversed in that way and then on the kind of uh, logistical side of, of making a feature you know, did you bring in a big crew? Uh, I mean, uh, it was actually pretty. S it was pretty small. Um, uh, it was actually shot in two different locations. Uh, most of it was shot in Halifax, in uh, Nova Scotia, and I had a small crew there, mm -hmm. um, and great actors, all local actors. And one thing that was important was the um, the landscape which is you know, not something that you can find here. Right. Uh, and then the people in their 30s and 40s was done here in New York with a different crew, uh, also very small, just like a handful of people. Okay. Um, and you know, just also a handful of um, actors. So it was those two locations, and again, very small, very portable. Was <laughs> this something where you uh, raised money for it, or did you uh, have like there, uh, there investors? There, there's some raising of money. There's some grants. There's mm -hmm. you know stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah I mean, uh, you know, uh, crowdfunding is a huge thing yeah. for independent filmmakers. Yeah, you know, it, getting it the money to shoot your thing. So yeah, because if one just relies on what you have, then you you should have you know either a crew of one, <laughs> right, or really nice friends, or mm -hmm. 
Um, but I like to, with the people that I work with, I like to you know pay them at sure. least what I can. Uh, it's never a huge budget, but I, you know they're right. giving their time and talents, and I really appreciate all they do. So. Yeah, well, I was talking with one of the filmmakers yesterday, and you know we were talking about that about yeah. bringing in those favors, yeah. and and it's like everybody gets one. You <laughs> yeah. know, you get one film, whether it's a short or feature, where you can ask all the favors you want, and you get all the favors yeah. you need because you've made those connections. But then you got to do something. <laughs> yeah, no, and, but also with certain types of projects, I think as a maybe a little less as a crew member and more as an actor you get to work on all these projects you know you could be on a car commercial you could be on a you know a uh, a company's video to promote their product or something like that and mm -hmm. all of a sudden something like what i just wrote comes to them and i think some of them feel oh this is interesting it's different i can actually use some of my acting skills right um, so I'll, you know, maybe do something for a little less money. Sure. Um, and so I think they're more willing to, you know, s flex that artistic muscle that they right. you know, love to do uh, for those reasons. But well, um, And I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, all the filmmakers I, I've been speaking to, they have such passion for the things that they're doing. Yeah. And, and I think if you have that, you're conveying that passion, you're co conveying those emotions, and, and people really want to ride that with you. No, they do, and it's, uh, it's, it's great. And it's funny, because as a younger filmmaker, you have that passion, but you really want to make everything fit in that idea, in that passion. And you're less um, observant of what somebody else can bring to the, the mm -hmm. table. And or you know not just somebody but even just a location mm -hmm. like you you write the thing and you're like well this is not what I envisioned the room to be like right uh, and then you see the room and you're like oh this just won't do <laughs> when in fact it might have fantastic character on its own and mm -hmm. so at this point in my career I I'm really happy when I s meet these people or see these locations that really want to you know dive in with me and bring their own passion and their own creativity and I think it just makes it better. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, oh, here at uh, the Filmmakers Lounge at Atiz. Okay. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing the audience's reaction to your film. Yes, me too. Good Excellent. luck in uh, the future. Can't wait to see more. Um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Okay.